ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for day 20 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast. 11 more days and I will have recorded and released a podcast for every day for the month of January. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. Anyway, we are here for part two of His Gangsta Love Saved Me by London Liz. Let's get into it. So for a little recap from the last story... Play has popped back up from somewhere and Storm ran in the house and called the police. And, you know, they're trying to calm her down and get some information. But Play is banging on the door telling her, you know, I'm not the same person I was. I just want you to listen to me. And Storm gives the 911 operator his name and says, you know, I have a restraining order against him. He's not supposed to be here. And he used to attack me. And I just know he's here to kill me. But he's still screaming, I swear to God, I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to see my daughter. And so they're like, there's children on the premises. So, of course, that's going to make them move a little faster. And then we hear, sir, we need you to step away from the door. So the police made it. And she tells them as well, you know, I have a restraining order. And they're like, okay, but where is the little girl? She's like, you know, she's still asleep. He didn't harm me or her. He didn't even get to see her. I just don't know how he found me. He shouldn't know where I am. And he's violating, well, the police officer tells her, well, he's violating the restraining order or the regulations of the restraining order. So he will have to go to court. And, you know, right now he's going to jail. So you should feel a little better that he's going to be locked up for the next few days. And then Aboya pulls up and, you know, she starts going off like he needs to be locked up. He shouldn't even be here. And she apologizes for not being there. But she's like, you know, it's okay. It just all happened so fast. And she's running down the store because they've taken play away so now they're in the house and she tells her you know damon came over and this makes a boy a smile because she's thinking like they finally gonna stop playing with each other but it's like eh, pump your brakes it's not even what you think he came over to end our little arrangement he said it's not fair to storm or his wife so you know they shouldn't be together and then Canton calls and Aboya tells her, you know, let me tell Canton about play and they can make that nigga disappear and it can all be over. And Storm isn't with that. She's like, no, I can handle it. I don't want to get Canton involved because then he's going to get Damon involved. And that part is over. I just want to do it all on my own. So Aboya answers the phone 
and she's about to cancel their plans. But Storm tells her, you know, no, go on your date. I'll be fine. You know, they got him behind bars, so I'll be okay. But when a boy leaves and, you know, it's just her and Rain again, all she can hear is play yelling over and over that he wasn't the same person. He claims to be different and only wants to be in Rain's life. But she doesn't know if any of that's true. It's just like, yeah, that sounds good. But the last time I saw you, you hit me in my face. And all she knows is the the monster that she ran away from. Like I said, like the last time I saw you, you punched me in my face and you left. So what? these are just words. I wouldn't let him nowhere near my child either. It's just like, that makes no sense. You're an abuser. Even if you claim you're not going to hurt her. How do I know that? I don't know that. And you haven't shown anything different. I don't care what your mouth says. And so before she goes to bed, her phone is ringing and it's Damon. But she doesn't answer because it's just like, you just broke things off with me. Why are you calling me? Play, a.k.a. Parker. His real name is Parker. He's telling his backstory and it's just like. He's just like Zoe. Like, these are terrible people. And he's like, before you think I had a sad sob story, let me stop you right there. My life was great. And that was his problem. His life was so, quote unquote, perfect that he created chaos and drama just to have some fun. And it's just like, so you became abusive on purpose just because your life was that great. Oh, boo-hoo, poor you. Like, are you serious? What people would kill for and in which they had, you were just so bored. And it, that's the age-old story. I can't even get my words out because it's just like people always wish for what they don't have. And it just drives me insane. How is your life that good that you basically destroy it because you're bored? Um, And he admits that when Storm left, he didn't even care. He moved in another woman like almost as if she never existed and you knew she was pregnant when she left so if you so-called wanted your child why didn't you go after her try to find her then you've been missing for almost two years where you been at but anyway this other woman that he moved in he abused her too and he almost killed her so he had to serve four months in prison which i don't understand you should have been charged with attempted murder and you only got four months in prison oh because she dropped the charges and it's like sis why like i could get you warned to put things behind you but that would have been putting it behind you like never having to see him again he almost killed you but you know some people are better than others because ain't no way but um when he got out of jail that's when he vows to change his life so he went to therapy he started working again and you know just basically working on himself so he is now a different and better person and he was ready he's ready to be a father to his daughter ever since damon broke off things with storm and she won't return any of his calls he's been in a terrible mood snapping on everybody and nobody really wants to deal with him and so miss dora tries to find out what's going on and you know, he says, I just need y'all to tell me what's going on with my business. Ain't nobody said nothing. And she's just looking at him like, huh, when did this happen? And he's like, what? And she's like, I can tell that the little fiery redhead got you like all up in your feelings. 
And he says, you know, no, I just had to fall back because... And she cuts him off and says, your loyalty, but you're loyal to the wrong person. And I know you want to make things work with your wife, but she's not a loyal person. Like you're being loyal to the wrong one. And Miss Dora ain't the first one to say that, but I think he's just trying to prove to himself that he wasn't tricked. And I think that's why he's still holding on. Um, But... He also faults himself. He's like, you know, I think I let us get too disconnected outside of the bedroom because that seems to be the only place where they meet up at. They don't hold any of the same interests and anything he tries to get her involved with, she doesn't want to do. She just wants to shop and look pretty and then be rude to people. I'm like, how can you do that every day? You get up, go out to eat, and then you go shop and then you come back home. So it's like you so concerned about last season and this season's wardrobe being mixed up in your closet. But where are you even going to wear these clothes to the same shops that you were just in yesterday? And look, being rich, I guess that ain't going to never be my thing because that shit literally makes no sense to me. You go shopping every day to the same stores, looking at the same shit you saw yesterday. And then, okay, anyway, um... And, you know, since he's been introduced to Storm in the time that they were spending together on the weekend, he realizes he wants more and that he just let his marriage be what it was. Basically, his wife being a, a on-call girl. It's just like whenever he wanted sex, she was right there because there's nothing else between them, like I said. And so he's trying to fight it. He doesn't want... But he doesn't want his wife anymore. He wants Storm because he vibes better with Storm. And it's not even just about her being someone new. It's like someone that's showing me something. Like I can laugh and joke with my partner. We could talk about shit instead of me laying next to this person who wears headphones to bed and doesn't want to do anything that I want to do. She just spends my money and I see that she is a spoiled brat and has a funky ass attitude. And, you know, he, like I said, he's upset that she call that he calls her, excuse me, and she refuses to answer, but she still hasn't blocked him yet. So he's looking at that as a good sign. Um, and so he's going for a drive in his car and he's, he sees Zoe's mom, ooh, tongue twister, coming out of a house down a block. And there's nothing wrong with the houses, but they would be considered in a poor neighborhood coming from Zoe's family and I'm still trying to understand because like in the first book said they're not from billions of dollars and all this money but their attitude is like they're so much better than people and it's I don't understand how like I understand fake bougie but it's like they are taking this to a whole nother level of how they think they're so much better than people but anyway so once he sees the mom leaves he drives up to the house and takes a picture of the house and the car in the driveway and he just plans on keeping an eye on what she's doing so when he goes home to zoe she's getting a massage and laying on her stomach and he's like should you be doing that while you're pregnant and he's just starting to notice more and more her attitude and her selfish ways and she tries to call him Damon. And he says, did I tell you you could call me Damon? 
because you know she's supposed to call him king at all time because of their dom sub lifestyle and she says oh but that's okay when storm calls you by your name since i told you to end things with her you know where have you been physically you're here but emotionally and mentally you are nowhere near here Zoe goes to her parents' home and tells her dad, you know, I have a problem. I think I'm losing Damon. He's so distant and I don't know how to fix it. And her dad just flats out tells her, you know, like, did you think that lying about being pregnant would help? And she's shocked because she didn't think he knew. But he's like, of course, your mother told me. And, you know, like, what were you thinking? The Hayes family is the way we eat well. You lucked up and married into the family and you do this. I'm so disappointed with you. You signed a prenup and put your marriage in jeopardy. Luckily, you were able to clean it up only to turn around and tell Damon that you're pregnant. When you know you're not. So enlighten me on how you figured you can fix this. And she plans on hiring Olivia to do the same thing she did last time. And her dad is like, please stop talking. Please just stop talking. Even if she does fix it so that you are pregnant at the doctor's appointment, guess what? You're still not pregnant. So what are you going to do? And it's like, don't you see how excited Damon is? He will ask the doctor questions. When he gets you pregnant for real, you will be so far off from the dates and times you're like how far along you're supposed to be. What are you going to do then? How do you dig yourself out of this mess that you have created? And he tells her, you know, there's only one way to fix this mess. And she says, no, I can't put us through that again. And, you know, he tells her, so you think you can tell Damon that you're eight weeks pregnant, get pregnant for real and have him think that the doctor was wrong by two months. You need to talk to Olivia and have her handle this just like last time. And this is what happened when she got pregnant the first time. She had Olivia pretend that she couldn't find a heartbeat. So she was still pregnant at the time, but she had her pretend that she couldn't find a heartbeat. So Damon believed that the baby was already dead. And she had to pay her to put on the ultrasound screen the inside of an unpregnant woman's belly. And she wrote her a prescription for an abortion pills for some abortion pills, excuse me, which Damon just thought were painkillers. And further along, at first she wanted to be pregnant. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. But then the further along she got, she just couldn't go through with it. She didn't want to be pregnant. She was literally just doing it for her husband, but she didn't want it. So a week later at this doctor's appointment, you know, she's just pretending to be the excited wife. And while they're talking to the doctor, Damon rubs his hand across her stomach and her being the bitch that she is. She's like, um, this is a silk blouse that you're wrinkling. And he's looking at her like, are you serious? And then he says that out loud, like, you're worried about a blouse. That's your concern. So anyway, Olivia comes in and she puts like that cold stuff on pregnant women's bellies and turns on the ultra ultrasound machine and you know then you hear a heartbeat which is just like 
how do y'all do this? Because this bitch ain't pregnant. But, you know, you hear a heartbeat. And Damon is just so excited. He's smiling and grinning. Like, that's my son in there. And they just wrap up the appointment like a regular old appointment. And while they're in the car, she's on her phone. And Damon tells her, you know, put the phone up and enjoy some time with your husband. And she has to play it off because, you know, since he found her burner phone she can't be seeming like she doing anything shady but she was trying to text olivia that her sister would be coming with her payment later on that week and olivia knows that she zoe needs her so she has upped her price and so far you know zoe claims to think that she has it under control the judge ordered Clay to stay away from Storm and Rain after he was served 30 days. So Storm now has a job interview at a law firm because, of course, she quit the escort service. And she recently had a date. So, you know, even though she's down about things ending with Damon, she's trying to pick it up and move along. And... Storm says, so I see you doing play dates and stuff because Cameron is over and they're in Rain's room, you know, playing. And Aboya says, you know, she really likes the baby. She likes Canton, but she's scared. Cameron makes her feel like she's ready to be a mother. And she's sad about her abortion that she got. And then a boy tells Storm, you know, me and Canton want y'all to stop playing, meaning her and Damon. And she says, that is over and I am never opening that door again, which is why you call his name in your sleep, right? And it's just like, damn, bitch, you got to bust me out like that? Like, I said it's over. Back me up. It's over. Um, But no, she admits I long for him. Like, I can feel him near me, touching me and talking to me. I just need to keep living my life. And I'm sure with time, I'll get over him. Bitch. <laughs> um, and then Aboya tells her, you know, so you're going to go with me to the pajama party, right? That the escort service is throwing. And she's like, girl, no, did you not hear nothing I just said? I'm trying to get over him and you just want me to be right back up in his face. But she says, no, for real, it's an old school pajama party. And I'm going to get you dolled up. And you're going to make Damon uh, regret, regret, you know, breaking up with you in so many words. And she's like, you know, you're going. So don't make any plans for Friday and I'm going to have it all set up. So, girl, you know, make that nigga want you. A boy tells Candon, Canton that she loves him. And he tells her, I love you too. Don't make me kill your ass or kill for you because you want to test my gangsta. So, you know, their little relationship is moving along swell. The next morning, little baby Cam runs into the kitchen, you know, screaming good morning. And he bends down to pick her up and she like flies right by that nigga straight into Aboya's arms. You know, she just loves her some Aboya. And... While they're getting ready to drop little Cam off at camp, a car pulls into his driveway. And it's just like, you know, he doesn't know who it is. But out walks, what did I call it? How did I pronounce this? Akaya or Akailia? 
It's A-K-H-A-L-I-A. Akila. I think that's what I was going with. Akila. So he tells uh, Aboya and Cam to go get into the car. And he walks over to Akaya and says, you know, what are you doing here? And she's like, I want... I wanted to see you and her. Please, I miss y'all. It's like, girl, if you don't get the fuck away from my house, you've been gone for five years. What are you talking about? You don't miss nobody. If you don't get away from my house, like no communication. And now my little girl is asking questions about her trifling ass mama. More and more, the older she gets, you partied out. And now you think you're just going to slide your way back in. Like, girl, get away. And she says, Canton, I'm her mother. No, she has a mother. Now get the fuck out of here. And, oh, I forgot to mention, like, while they were in the kitchen, Cam asked Aboya to go to a mommy-daughter pajama party that they're having. And she called Aboya mommy. And Canton was going to correct her, but she, like, you know, basically cut him off. And then when they were alone, she's like, you know, she's a kid, and I understand like, if you don't want her to call me that, that's cool. But, you know, like, don't don't crush your feelings. Like, I'm okay with it. So that's where the statement comes from when he tells um, Akaya, Akaila, that she has a mom. I'm going to just start calling her AK because I can't. And so when he gets in the car, a boy tells him, you know, like, I put her headphones on. She didn't hear anything. And, you know... He's just looking so, like, he's shocked. He don't know what to do. And when he's talking to Damon about it, Damon told him, you should have shot that bitch in her toe. And, like I said, he was shocked. And Damon offers, you know, we can handle her. Ain't no problem. I'm in need of some stress anyway, so I'm ready to saw some shit up. And it's just like, what's wrong with you? He's th- uh, Canton is thinking it's Zoe, but he's like, no. It's Storm. I keep eyes on her and I got word that she went on a date. So Storm can't date while you laying next to your wife? Like, what What type of stuff is this? And so after they get some work done, Canton is alone on his balcony just smoking. You know, trying to get his mind right after AK just popped up. And, you know, he hasn't seen or talked to her since Cameron was six months old. So it's just like... You decided to go out and party and now you just feel like you can walk back in here. Like, girl, I don't think so. But he wants to talk to her to see what's going on. AK claims the reason why she left is because, you know, first of all, she wasn't done living the turn of lifestyle. And she is afraid or was afraid that she wouldn't have a nurturing a personality to give her daughter she didn't get that from her parents her parents were both 14 when she was born so you know she was basically passed off to her grandparents while her parents still partied and it's just like you're afraid you weren't going to give that to her that that's exactly what you did i don't get whatever she's described as a red bone who has the body of any famous IG model. And, you know, she just wasn't ready to give up the lifestyle. So when she had Cameron, she didn't think she could do it right away. 
She never wanted Cameron to feel neglected, but looking at her and holding her made her realize she could no longer do what she wanted. She had to be cautious of what she did, who she hung out with, how she carried herself, and staying out late and jumping on a plane to go any and everywhere she wanted would have to stop. And she wasn't ready, so she left. And she claims to love Cameron and Canton, but it's just like, okay, you may have your version of love for them, but you also up and left them. And her reason for not contacting either one of them in the last five years is there was no point and she had no intention of returning. So it's like, what's your intentions now? Like, what's the purpose? And she's thinking about who the woman is that Cameron is calling mommy and feeling as if she's going to have to kill her to get her out of the way because she's ready to return home. So Detroit is her home and she's staying in a hotel, but she's she just came back from a month of being in Atlantic City. Her best friend is none other than Mona, Zoe's sister, and Canton's former sex partner and you know she's moping in the hotel and Mona tells her well you lose them how you get them and their story is Canton Mona had Canton first but then I guess he saw AK and fell for her like in a relationship type of way so and I'm just like even if he did like you more, I just don't see how you could do that. It's like if your friend was sleeping with him first and she tells you that she has, you know, some type of feelings for him. I don't see how you could screw your friend over. But that is the type of relationship that they have. They sleep with each other's mans, playthings, like whatever they are. I don't see how you can go behind your friend. I'm never fucking behind my friends. Never. But that's their relationship. They claim to love each other. And that just is what it is. Um, she gets a text from Canton saying for the sake of their daughter, they can meet and talk. But if he finds out she on some bullshit, it's a wrap for her. And he's like, you know, please don't make me regret giving you this chance. And this has her feeling herself because she believes that she's still a soft spot for him. And she's just going to pick pick up where they left off. And this is the start to that. And it's like, girl, how do you get that? When he first saw you, he cussed you out. And he said, for the sake of y'all daughter. But I get... Okay, never mind. I could see it. I could see exactly what she's saying. So anyway, um, Storm goes to her interview. And I'm mentioning this because it's funny. Like, when she first gets there and tells the receptionist that she's there for the interview... The lady just looks at her and she's like, you know, is there a problem? Am I in the wrong building? And the lady tells her, oh, no, I didn't know Mrs. Frails was hiring outside of the company. I mean, I applied for the position first. I've been here for three years. So? And why are you telling this to somebody that you don't know? Like, she's supposed to do something about it. She's the one that's there for the interview. You take that up with Mrs. Frails. And I don't give a damn how long you've been here. And Storm tells her, like, that's not my problem. 
can you tell me where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do next for my interview? But um, during the interview, she's really just talking, you know, basically trying to sell herself. But Mrs. Frail told her, the job is already yours. I just needed to meet you and talk to you for a little bit. But the job pays $17 an hour plus overtime and she gets um, PTO and she'll be out of there no later than six o'clock every day. So, you know, it was basically a done deal. She just had to um, show up. So when she leaves, Damon is one of the first people she thinks to call, but of course she doesn't. It's just like, you know, she has some good news in her life and he is one of the people that she wanted to share it with but she can't so Aboya has been spending more time at home and Storm notices and asks if everything is okay and she says like girl I don't know what's going on um and she gives her the rundown of AK showing up and now he's either too busy for Aboya or he's just short but she still talks to Cameron all the time and she's scared because she doesn't want to lose them. And this could be a repeat of the Raymond situation. So Storm reassures her, you know, everything is fine and you just got to talk to Canton about it. You know, it's not the same situation. Storm gets a letter and this is what it reads. Storm, please read this letter with an open heart that I know you have. I understand the risk that I am facing with me contacting you, but I just had to. I need you to know that I am a different person than I was when we were together. My life has dramatically changed. My whole life has changed since you came in. Oop, wrong, wrong time. My bad. Um, not nah, I lost my place changed in a good way and I just need the opportunity to talk to you please storm I know the pain I inflicted on you but the truth still is we made our daughter together we made her and she deserves to know her father I just want the chance to tell you and show you that I am a changed man also I am sorry if I frightened you when I showed up I just didn't know another way to ease into your life please 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 give me a chance to talk to you play I would have took that letter right back down to the court and said, look, he's contacting me and he's not supposed to. Like, what am I supposed to do to get him to stop? Because it's just like, you shouldn't even know where I live. But now you that comfortable to write letters. But she just basically hides the letter away and doesn't even say anything about it. But she's like, girl, I don't get this anyway it's the night of the pajama party and Aboya and Storm walk in looking fly and as they're walking by someone says I swear to god no matter how many times the trash is taken out it seems to keep finding its way back and it's uh Mona making a little slick comment about Aboya and she just says, you know, you must be big mad that I cut off your dick supply. Girl, get out of here. And she says, you know, I'm not even your biggest concern. I hope he's worth it. But they don't know that she knows AK. But anyway, they pay her no mind. And a boy walks right up to Canton and lays a 
big old nasty kiss on him in front of everyone. And of course, he returns the favor and they all uh, hugged up. And Storm, you know, she stayed back, but she's cheering her friend on. And when she sees Damon, you know, she's giving him the googly eyes. But that's until, like, the crowd moves a little bit more. And she can see that Zoe is right on his arm. And Damon, like, while they were kissing, he says, you know, baby sis had to let everybody know what's up. And she says, I had to let them know I got tested on my road today, but I make sh I'm making sure they got the picture now. And so he's like, who said something to you? Your wife's sister. Don't even worry about it, though. I made my statement. So he signals for one of his security guards and tells them to kick Mona out. Zoe tries to say something, but he just looks at her and tells her to put her head down, which she does. And a boy, a gag. She's just like, what? And he asks, you know, where your girl at? And she doesn't know if she should answer, but she doesn't have to because the crowd moves, I guess, even more out of the way. And he sees her standing by herself. Aboya tells him she misses you. And with that, he goes over to talk to her. You know, he's like, so you'll come to my party, but you won't speak to me. And she says, you know, you were busy and I didn't want to overstep. So he makes her turn around to speak to him. And he's like, you know, I don't care who I'm talking to. You always make sure that you come and speak to me. A little birdie told me you miss me. Is that true? You look good, but you already know that. How's my rainy girl doing? I would know if you would answer your phone. And it's just like, nigga, why would I answer my phone for you? I don't want to talk to you. You said it was over, so let it be over. And... That's basically what she says. She's like, I just felt it was best if we kept kept our distance. But, you know, he's still asking questions like how the job search going, even though he's the one that got her the job. But she's not going to tell. I mean, he's not going to tell her that because then she wouldn't take the job. She's trying to be independent and he's going to make it seem like it's so. And he tells her, you know, put your hands on me. He takes her hand and puts it on his chest. And they're just having a moment right there in the middle of the floor. But it's broken when someone calls his name. So Zoe walked up talking about we're hungry and she's rubbing her flat ass stomach. And then acts as if she didn't see Storm standing right there. Oh, hey, Storm. We miss having you around the house on the weekends. But you know how it is when the unexpected happens. Well, in our case, the expected. I will be sure to invite you to the baby shower. Won't we, Damon? And then she like puts her hand on Damon and gives a, a fake smile. And they both just looking at her like, bitch, didn't nobody tell you to come over here? And Storm says, how far along are you? Four or five months? And then she walks away. You would just let her be rude to me. Didn't nobody tell you to come Tell your ass to come over here trying to stake claim. Go sit down somewhere. So the party is, you know, in full effect. And I just wanted to mention this because I thought it was so funny. This is in Damon's point of view. But he said, this party was more me and Canton speed. Nothing was wrong with the black and tie and the balls that we have. But this was our shit. Nigga shit, I like to call it. Good ass soul food good music and beautiful women and it's like who doesn't love a party like that good food good drink good music and fine women to look at i'm there like 
anyway. So Canton comes over to Damon's section and says, I need you to be easy and remember we have an image to uphold. So don't fuck up our own party. And he's like, man, what are you talking about? But Canton gets out of the way to show him that there's a guy talking to Storm. And this fool, like, basically turns into a demon in the face. And he tells him, you know, if you take your ass over there tripping about another woman, you will stress Zoe out and you're putting your kid ever. So you need to chill out. He sees Storm go to the bathroom and he follows her. Like, who is that in your face? She's like, you watching me now? What are you? Shouldn't you be pregnant? Focus on your pregnant wife. If I can talk tonight. Um, and he's like, man, I don't care about all that. I said, who was in your face? You think you about to talk to somebody else in my presence? It's like, is anybody home? Sir, you have a wife who is pregnant. How you all up on me? But anyway, they leave the party together. Because, you know, he like, I'm not trying to hear all the, hear none of that. I, you belong to me. And he takes her to the mansion behind this place that they also um own that is the quote-unquote pleasure part of the pleasure palace anyway him and storm have sex and he tells her you know you belong to me and i'm working on coming for you just trust me i'm cleaning house so storm tells aboya about what happened last night and then she says, so off of me, what's up with you in Canton? You know, he called me to get to you. Why are you avoiding him? And she just knows that there's something going on between him and AK. And she's not about to deal with it. And ever since AK popped up, he's just been acting weird. So she's about to back off. And then plus, she's pregnant. And so Storm is like, so when are you going to tell him? And she's like, you know, I'm waiting on the right time but anyway they have to prepare for rain's birthday that's coming up and while they're talking about plans the doorbell rings and they think that it's a boy is mom to come over to talk about birthday plans as well but whoever it is keeps ringing the doorbell and when she opens it it's canton and damon canton tells her you better be lucky you canceled the door when you did because i was going to take your tires again and she's like, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, what you mean? I'm here to see my woman. Not you. Damon, like, what are you doing here? He's like, come on now. You know where, why I'm here. Where's she at? And Rain comes out and he picks her up and kisses her on the cheek. And it's just so cute. And Rain asks where Cameron is. And Kansas tells her, you know, I'll bring her over later today. And he gives her a $100 bill. Storm snatches it back like she does not need this money. And every time you see her, stop giving her money. But that's just something that they do because they're so obviously rich. Why wouldn't you want to give a toddler a $100 bill that she can just rip up and do whatever she wants to with? And Damon and Storm go to the back. And this gives Canton and Aboya a chance to talk. And he's like, you know, why are you acting brand new? What's up with you? And she's like, I'm not the one that's acting different. Ever since your baby mama popped up, your behavior has been different. I understand the history and that she is Cameron's mama, but I'm not about to sit back and be played while y'all play family. 
And he says, you know, I would never do anything to you like your last nigga did. Don't compare me to him and this ain't the same situation. I'm not going to do that. I was messed up because she popped up out of nowhere after five years just saying she made a mistake. But I apologize for acting distant. And so Aboya wants to know, you know, has she reached out in any way? I know women and she's going to want her family back. And the thought of losing them, you know, is just devastating to her, especially when they're growing so close. You know what I mean? Like Cameron done called her mommy and they just have a close bond. And she has told Canton that she loves him. It's just like, damn, don't let me finally get part of what I want for it to be snatched away from me again. And he tells her, you know, I don't need you trying to split us up because you're scared. Excuse me. So they get back to talking about the birthday party. And of course, these rich men are like, man, that's too basic. Damon says he has an idea that he's going to put in motion. So just leave everything up to him. And Canton asks her to babysit because he wants one on one time with Aboya. And Damon tells him, yeah, sure. Bring my niece over. We'll be here tonight. And Storm and Aboya is like, we what you gonna be doing over here you got a whole wife at home what you talking about he's like man like i said and canton whispers in a boy like you know i'll tell you later and damon doesn't want to be married anymore he's making it known that he's trying to find the right way to tell her without putting the baby at risk so it's just like i want my baby but i don't want her which is perfectly fine Aboya asks Canton if he wants any more kids, and his response is only if they're by her. Canton has met up with AK just to hear what she has to say, and he also let her see Cameron, but not as her mother. She is going by Amanda, and they're telling Cameron that she's the new nanny while Minna takes a few days off. And, you know, like, they just get to talking, but Cameron doesn't really like her. Like, she'll speak to her, but she's not really feeling her. And Damon asks him, you know, what are you doing? AK left without blinking. My niece is almost five. That's five years her own mama didn't have contact with her. Why the hell that bitch get, she gets to decide if she wants to be a parent? Where they do that at? If you want to keep shit a buck, I would have sliced her ass up when she played popcorn and popped up at my house. And Canton's feelings is he just wants to give his daughter the best. I don't want to deprive her of anything because of my feelings. And Damon tells him, you know, you gave Cameron the best when you gave her a boya. You need to let AK go and let her go back to doing her thought behavior and don't fuck shit up with your woman. Cameron asks Aboya what a lesbian is and Canton almost has a conniption but one of the girls in her class has two mommies and she overheard the other mommies at the school say she's a big lesbian and another one called her a big old carpet muncher. So Aboya tells her you know that's a word that adults use a four-year-old has no business knowing about which I don't agree with um but Cameron asks well am I a lesbian and it's so cute because it's just like no she doesn't know what that word is but 
I don't know. I just find it cute. I can't explain it. But it's just like, no, honey, you're not a lesbian. But when you get older, just know that me and your dad love you no matter what. And she says, well, I don't want to be a lesbian anyway. I'm too busy being in a relationship. And, you know, while a boy is laughing this off, Canton is getting really upset. He's like, you got a boyfriend. Who is your boyfriend? And it's another little boy in her class. You know, he told her, I want a wife like my daddy has. So you're my girlfriend. And a boy tells her, you know, just have him as a friend. Tell him you're not ready to be a wife. But I love him. Like, you love daddy. I get a Twinkie every day from him. And I get some apple juice. He gives me things like daddy gives you things. Tell that nigga you got your own damn Twinkies, Cameron. You don't need him for nothing. And it's just like... <laughs> Dads are hilarious. I'm sorry, but that... Like, this man is really mad. Like, they are four years... Five years old. Like, you know this ain't legit. What you getting mad for? And... But a boy tells her, you know, the next time he gives you a Twinkie, just tell him, no, thank you. We are just friends. You don't want to be taking Twinkies just because he gives them to you. So it's time for another visit with AK and Cameron. But before she goes to see her, she asks Canton, you know, when will I be able to tell? And he's like, let me stop you right there. Not until I feel comfortable. So don't call yourself trying to be slick and tell her no information. So right now you are just the nanny. And you think you slick, but you know I got eyes on you. The only time you act like you want to be a mother is when you come here. I know all about you staying in that hotel. I know you all about you hooking up with Mona again. It's just like, girl, you are not slick. I know this whole state. You don't want to be a mother. You just want the life. You want sex with me you want money and then you want to be a part-time mother when you feel like it and her response to that is rather I be a full-time or a part-time I came back right and it's just like girl are you crazy my daughter doesn't deserve a part-time mother but he still lets her visit which I don't understand because as soon as she said that I'd be like, we done. You're not welcome here anymore. You cannot see her. You can't tell her nothing. We're done. But no, like I said, he tells her, look, get your visit in and get out. So when she goes to see Cameron, she's like, you know, hey, how you doing? Cameron's like, I'm packing. Duh. You know, like for my sleepover, my mommy is taking me. And so she's upset about the fact that Canton is allowing Cameron to call a boy a mommy or mom. So she goes all around the house taking pictures to put them up on Facebook. And then she requests a boy as a friend. And so, you know, she knows that's going to get to a boy in a way. Play is having sex with Mona. And he's also stalking Storm. He approaches her at her job. And, you know, once again, he wants to apologize, saying that he just wants to be a father to Rain. And Storm tells him, you know, six, six hospital visits, so many stitches, bandages. You even put me on crutches for two weeks. I can't even count the slaps, busted lips, and black eyes. I stayed being weak and you prayed on that weakness. A person like that doesn't change. I don't care how much you say you have. And he swears that he's had 
countless amounts of counseling, anger management classes, and even medication to even out his moods. It's a mental health problem. I don't care. You hurt me and that's all I know. My job is to protect my daughter. I can't have you around her. Did you forget I never signed away my rights? Don't make me fight for custody because I will fight for full custody. You threaten me with custody when you're the reason why you don't know your own daughter? I want to see what judge would give you shit with the history that you have. He blows up his fist, you know, mad that she's talking back to him. And she looks down at his fist and smirks. Just like I thought. Same old play. Stay the fuck away from me and my daughter. So now he feels the need to remind her of who he is and remind her of who she is. Which would be the scared, weak, timid girl that he knows when she she was still with him. Mona and Zoe are out to lunch and Mona is gossiping about another woman who left her husband and now she has nothing or she's broke or whatever. Um, so Zoe asks her, so if your husband was cheating on you, you turn the other cheek? And she says, absolutely. I'm not risking my lifestyle for a side hoe. Oh, well, I guess him walking in here with a young piece of ass on his arm is okay then. And Mona jumps up because she knows the woman on his arm. It's AK. And it's just like, you know, what are you, what's going on here? And all the husband gets to say is, what are you doing here? You told me you and your sister were going shopping. So that makes it okay that you just walked into this restaurant with another woman on your arm. And AK tells her, you cheat on this man all the time. Let him have some fun. And a few days ago when Mona came to see her in her hotel, she told her, you know, you better not be trying to get with Cam, with Canton, not Cam, oh Lord. Um, you know, because he's mine. But you go sleep with her. But you know, that's their loving best friendship that they sleep with each other's man and it's just like anyway so they get into a fight and the husband tells Mona I want a a divorce excuse me I know you've been cheating on me since you got pregnant and you think I don't know that Canton was the father because she got an abortion she ain't had that baby and AK gets upset about this and calls her a slut but but you walked in here with my husband. Like, are we forgetting this? How are you mad about anything? But anyway, um, the origin of their story is Mona was sleeping with Canton, like I said. But then Canton saw them together at the club. And, you know, they had threesomes. And they both got pregnant at the same time. AK kept hers, but Mona got an abortion and you know because her husband she didn't she couldn't explain that to her husband so and while she's telling the story she's like you know i thought she was my friend and so like how the hell did you think a shady bitch like that was your friend what sense does that make and what are you gonna do about your husband wanting a divorce and she's like you know i don't know my whole world just fell apart like damn near 20 seconds ago leave me alone oh 
I forgot to mention, while they were fighting, AK pulled out a knife and sliced her arm. It wasn't a deep cut, but it's just the fact that she grabbed a knife off the table. So she was getting patched up while they were talking. And Olivia is texting Zoe, telling her, you know, 911. And when she gets over there, Olivia tells her, you need to get pregnant now. You're waiting too long and you're still not showing. You're supposed to be three months pregnant. Even with your flat stomach, it should be a little pudge or something going on. You still flat as a pancake over there, girl. And anyway, she thinks that someone is following her, so she wants out. She's like, you know, anytime I leave, I just feel like there are eyes on me. And your husband is very powerful, and he knows powerful people in high places. So I'm not ready for that type of drama. I want to be done. And... Zoe ain't paying her no attention. I think she feels like she is also untouchable. She's like, and you keep taking my money. So no, you're going to continue to do what I tell you to do. So Damon texts Zoe telling her he has business to handle in Chicago. So he'll see her in a few days. But that business is actually him, Zoe, and Rain going on a little trip. Storm was supposed to get tickets to a Buffy bubble guppies live show but she wanted to pay for it for by herself and she waited too late so the show sold out so damon paid for everything for them to go to chicago and be front row and center so while they're there you know they're just getting closer and closer together and oh excuse me you know he's basically telling her like she's not you his wife like I want to be with you she's she's just not you so hang on tight but it's gonna be me and you after a little while basically is where I'm going with this so when he comes back home from Chicago Damon is waiting for Zoe at home and tells her you know let's get away the jet is waiting she's like trying to go pack he's like no just come on let's go and when he sees her, you know, when she walks in the house, it's like she has on all these clothes, designer clothes. She has a face full of makeup. But when they get on the plane, she's like, where's the staff? I wanted a facial while we fly. But he tells her, I want it to be just us. And he's like, you know, I have a question for you. Have I given you everything you could ever desire? Besides material things, do I lie to you? Do I not share every, and I do mean everything, that comes into my life with you? Do I not make you fucking matter in this world where you didn't before? Of course, it's a yes to them all, but why are you asking me such things? He shows her, he pulls out a folder, and there's pictures of her mom and her sister coming out of Olivia's house. And he asks her, you know, what are they up to? And he's like, before you answer, I have been on this for a month now. They never go together and they only go once a week. So again, what is your mom and sister up to? I honestly do not have answers for you. I don't know what they have been up to, nor do I know whose house that is. Bam, another folder. And it's her coming out that same house. I thought I made myself clear on the rules not to lie to me. It's not what you think. You don't understand. I don't understand what. That not only are you sneaky and up to no good, but that you're a liar. 
let's cut through the bullshit and show show what's behind door number three so there's another photo i mean another folder with photos and it's the doctor so it's like correct me if i'm wrong but is this not your doctor so why are you your mom and your sister meeting with her every week she doesn't want to answer and she's like stammering so he pulls her up and walks her to the emergency exit and opens the door and dangles her out of it and you know like she's screaming and pleading he's like anytime you want to tell me the truth i'll let you back in okay okay i'm not pregnant so he pulls her back in and was like, what do you mean you're not pregnant? I was never pregnant. I panicked when I thought I was losing you to Storm. Sorry, I just didn't want you leaving me. So you lied about the one thing you knew I wanted most in this world? And it's just like, bitch, what is wrong with you? And he's like, you know, I was there for the ultrasound. How did that happen? And she tells him about there being a DVD inside of a former patient who was pregnant. Did you honestly think I would be that fucking stupid to believe anything thrown at me? It worked before. And the last time she was pregnant, you know, she has to tell him that she didn't have a miscarriage. She had an abortion. And he's like, you know, why would you do something like that? It wasn't yours. And it's just like, oh, so you were cheating on me. For how long? For a year, every time you went to work, who was it? Parker Buckley, Olivia's brother. So it's like, not only is Parker sleeping with both sisters and he's connected to Storm, like everybody is connected to one another. And he's like, you know, why didn't you just tell me that you didn't want to be with me anymore? I would have gladly given you a divorce. I never wanted this to happen. I never wanted to be with Parker. Please believe me. He can't give me what you can. You mean this lifestyle? Tags, bags, and cash unlimited? So he has one more folder and he takes papers out and tells her to sign them. Sign on the dotted line and get the fuck out of my life. As we speak, all your shit is being taken out of my house and taken to the dumpster. No, please. We can work this out. And it's like, girl, what is there to work out on? You just don't want your shit to be thrown away. And while you walking around like you all big and bad, like the world is yours, you see how quickly it can be snatched away from you. And he's like, I said sign. This jet is on its way back to Detroit. And when we land, I never want to see you again. You never were going to leave Storm alone. I lost you from the moment you met her. Like, sit once again, is anybody home? You've been cheating on me for a year and you had an abortion and you just faked a pregnancy. So the fact that I was feeling somebody else that we were both having sex with, it ain't like she was hidden from you. You don't get to play victim in this situation, sis, at all. And she's still trying to have a boohoo moment. You know, what is it about her that's making you willing to throw away three years? No, you did that a year ago. And when you killed the baby that wasn't mine by the way but you killed the baby like girl you don't ask me nothing don't say shit to me and you know when they land she's gonna go her way and i'm gonna go mine he's drained and closed all her bank accounts so it's like you literally have nothing to fall back on and you signed a prenup so you get nothing 
And you was cheating. So it's like, even if you did, like, girl, you ruined everything by thinking you were so much better than everybody. And now you back to zero. Storm is having a therapy session with a boy's mom because, you know, there's just been so much going on. And she has to get some things off of her chest. So she tells her about play, how he's just popped back up. And also that because she's reliving some stuff and she says, you know, he didn't let up on the hits when I was pregnant. He didn't care if I lost that child or not. Who knows if he would have put his hands on her if I had stayed. I never want Rain to grow up questioning about her dad, but I just feel like it's in her best interest if he stays away from her, which is true. And it's like, you know, as a parent, you have to do what you feel like is best for your child. And no one is going to fault you for, uh, excuse me, for keeping your child away from an abuser. You don't know what he would have did. Like, okay, maybe he would have never hit her, but he was still hitting you. So that's still not a good environment for the child. He's not a good person. So she's off Damon because it's been eight. I was going to say eight years. Good Lord. Eight days since they came back from Chicago and she hasn't heard anything from him. So she's going on a date. And she don't want to hear nothing about Damon. And while she's on the date, he is, ugh. It annoys me. Because when she's on the date with the guy, he's being very forward. She orders a bottle of wine. And he's like, oh, you must be trying to bust it open for me tonight. And it's like, fam, if you that damn cheap that you can't pay for this bottle of wine, I pay for it myself and you still ain't getting no pussy. So now what? But anyway, um, at some point, she looks down because they're upstairs and the restaurant is clearing out. So she asks him, you know, what time does this place close? He's like, oh, 10 o'clock. And it's only 8. So she's like, you know, everyone is leaving. Then four guys in black suits start walking in their direction. They call Storm out by name and tell her, man, we need you to come with us. Is something wrong? Everything is fine. We were instructed to clear out this restaurant and get you to leave with us. Who would do that? Damon Hayes. And she says, oh, I see. Well, go back and tell your damn boss that I am a grown woman. I don't appreciate him sending you all in here, busting out my date and being dramatic. Tell him that he dropped out of my life for eight damn days and I am done with him. Okay, tell him that. And it's like, girl, no, nobody is relaying that message for you. What are you talking about? And they basically ignored all of what she said and said, Mr. Hayes said you might not comply and that if such a thing happens, you need to know that it's his life or you can get up and come with us peacefully. Your choice. But I should tell you, Mr. Hayes said you're coming with us either way. So you can get this nigga killed or you can just get up. But either way, it's like you're getting up. So you can watch him die before you get up or you can just get up. And while she's in the car, she texts Aboya thinking that she told on her. And Aboya sends her back laughing emojis. Like, girl, I can tell nobody nothing. You should have known that man was waiting on you. Or, you know, had eyes on you. When she gets to his house, this nigga's sitting at the piano playing it. You know, with no problems. And she's like, really? You're this dramatic? I hope, you're, I hope you know your men tonight hurt an innocent guy. He's like, keep talking to me about that nigga and see what happened. This is like the Thug series all over again. 
like with the emergency exit and it's just casually playing the piano i'm just like talk about another man in my presence again do it i dare you but anyway she's like you know we're not doing this you're married and he was like was was married i know you're mad at me because i haven't been around but i was busy getting this process pushed and i had to get my mental in order it's like you know i'm not mad that i'm divorced but it's more so about things that i found out surrounding me getting this divorce but anyway, he tells her, you know, I love you. I'm in love with you. And she returns the sentiment and they're just all lovey-dovey. And they have a hug. It's like they're finally hug. Finally, they're together without all the other BS. And so, you know, they have sex and makeup. And during the middle of the night, Storm wakes up because she hears talking from coming downstairs so she gets up and goes to the door and she hears yelling and Damon tells his dad, I don't give a fuck. That bitch is dirty, conniving and a fucking snake. So you coming over here like I am not a grown ass man speaking on Zoe's behalf, speak volumes about you. And he tells him, you know, you're not thinking clearly. Zoe family has made us a lot of money with their connections. She looks good on a man of your caliber's arm. You want to throw it away because of a mistake? And for a low-income bitch? Who the fuck raised you? And Damon tells him, you know, I love you and mom and will forever be grateful for the blessings that you guys have gave us. But if you call Storm a bitch one more time, I will forget who you are. And his dad retort is, I will never accept her as my daughter-in-law. And anyway, then Damon gets a phone call and he's been looking for someone, but, you know, they can't find him. And he says, you know, Canton said he found out his street name is Play. So he might not go by Parker. Instead, he'll be going by Play. Find him and let me know when you do. And when he get back to the bedroom, Storm is, you know, shaking up a little bit and she's crying. And he's like, you know, what? what's going on? Did you hear what my dad said? Like, don't worry about that. And she asked him, you know, how do you know play? What does he have to do with Zoe? And Damon is like, how do you know who that is? And she says, he's Rain's father. Come again? Today is the day that Aboya is going to tell Candon that she is now 12 weeks pregnant. It's also the day that she is going shopping with Cameron. Like they're just having a mommy and daughter date. And while they're at the mall, Cameron asks her officially, you know, if I wanted to call you mommy, could I? I want a mommy so bad and I want you to be my mommy. Because it's like, yeah, she slipped mommy in there a few times, but she doesn't directly call a boy a mommy. She, um, excuse me. So for a minute, she doesn't say anything. And Cameron, you know, is crying. She's like, I can't call you mommy, can I? And she's like, you know, of course you can. I would be honored if you called me mommy. I didn't mean to take so long to answer. I was just thinking of all the fun we were going to have at the sleepover. So, you know, that it ends on a high note. She's doing good. She's like, you know, about to tell my man we about to have a baby. And then my little baby girl over here wants to call me mommy. Like our family lit. And then two days later, Storm is coming to her parents' house because she's been hiding there 
And, you know, it's just like, wait a minute, what's going on? And, you know, she's been crying. She got on Facebook because she hasn't been on there for a while. And she sees that AK sent her a friend request. And she's thinking that she just wants to lurk on her page. So Aboya accepts. And she goes to her page and sees all of the pictures of her being in his house of her being around Cameron and you know it's just like he lied to me I don't care what the reason was he lied to me he told me he hadn't talked to her he hadn't seen her and look at this and she's like you know what is wrong with me this is the same Raymond situation all over again but it's like it's not though she keeps saying that and it's like the the circumstances are different and so she plans on getting an abortion again because it's just like, I can't keep this baby. I can't be tied to him forever. So, and I get why she got the first abortion. Because that's the same thing. It's like, if I get rid of this baby, I don't have to have contact with you after this. Like, you could just get out of my life. And it's like, you know, and she's torn up. Because it's like, Cameron just asked if she could call me mommy. And not got to break up with this nigga. Like, are you serious? Um... And, you know, so she goes to her appointment, but before it can even get started, because, you know, they leave you to get undressed into the gown, she changes her mind. She's like, you know, I can't keep doing this because of a man. I have enough support, money, you know, like everything on my own to support my baby. I don't have to do this. And then there's yelling, Aboya, Aboya, where the fuck are you? And it's Canton. It's just like, nigga, how the hell did he find out where she was? But one of the nurses says, sir, please, we're going to call the police. Please sit down. And he's like, please be my guest. They out in the waiting room. Now get out my way. So he's coming through, banging all the doors open, saying, you know, where are you? And when he finds her, he says, what the fuck are you doing here? And the story is to be continued. So I hope to see you guys back tomorrow for part three in the finale of His Gangsta Love Saved Me. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.